Welcome to the Small Baller Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and as always, I'm joined by a man who still hasn't watched the town, Ben O'Brien. How you doing? Trevor, you asked me that 10 seconds ago. That's your intro, really? What, what would you have done if I said yeah? Um, I would have made an audible. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm um, like Tom Brady at the, at the line. You know, I'm audibling, okay. making the, the best decision, sure. you know, coach on the field, all that kind of stuff. All right, sure. Um, yeah, I, I still have not seen the movie. I don't know. It 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 was one of those things, Trevor. I I was gonna. I I I'm pretty sure I promised you I'd watch it like within a week, like back in May. Yeah. And I just never did. Maybe if the Celtics won won the finals, I would have I would have watched it in honor of them because I know that's their movie. But uh, they didn't win, so maybe, maybe Trevor. Part of me just thinks I should never watch the movie in, until the Celtics win a win an NBA championship again. Maybe that should be part of the deal. Uh, I, I don't agree with that because the, the Celtics, I mean, I don't know. They could win the, they could win the championship for sure, but that's just, that's a long time. I mean, the next NBA finals is in June. So I, yes. I, I want you to watch it like very soon, um, because it's a great okay, movie. So how about and this? I, 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 I will not watch, I will, I'm not allowed to watch the movie until the Celtics win another basketball game. Okay. That seems sure. fair. That seems fair. Sure. The the wins the wins. <laughs> what if they what if they go on like a what if they go on like a fifteen game losing streak? Until they until they uh win another basketball game. Um Yeah. If they go on a so fifteen I'm not game to watch it until then. streak. I, yeah, what I, if they don't win win a game for like two months? I think they would need like uh like an injury to their whole starting lineup for that to happen or something. Because that would be uh Yeah. That'd be pretty pretty crazy. They play the next tomorrow night. That's they play at home. I mean, well, that's, that's a loss for them. I mean, I, I think it's probably a win, but we'll we'll see, I guess. Yes. Who knows? Yeah. All right. Fair enough. So then I, then I then I'll watch the movie very soon. All right. I'll watch it very soon. Sounds good. Maybe. Well, you, you know, you're coming to visit us next weekend. That I am. could be yes. the, the Friday night movie. It could be because it could be you're going to be driving up that day and we're probably yeah. just going to chill Friday night. So. You know, we were talking yes, about that's why, watching a movie that, Trevor, or something. That's why I that's why I made the audible. I, I talk about talk about Tom Brady making changes. I made the audible. I, I changed it to the Celtics just have to win one game and I can watch the movie. So odds are I'd be able to watch the movie Friday night unless the Celtics just fall apart the next week. Yeah, I guess we'll have to see. We'll be monitoring how the Boston Celtics do yeah. over the next week. But uh, or actually, I have a, I have a better idea. I am not gonna watch the movie unless the Ravens lose. One of their next two games. If the Ravens win their next two games, I ref- I will refuse to watch the movie next weekend. That seems like a better deal. That way, we can all just root against the Ravens. So the Ra- the Ravens have to lose one of the games in order for you to watch the either movie. today or on Thursday. Yes, if they lose either today or on Thursday, then I will watch the movie on Friday. If they win both games, not watching it. You know what? I'm not even coming I up mean, to Cleveland if the Ravens win both games. I feel like the odds on that. I mean, so they play the Browns today, and then they play the Bengals on Thursday. And I, I think the odds yes. are, like, I think the odds, I think it's minus odds that they lose one of those games. Like, they'll be, they'll be favored in both of them, but the odds of them losing yeah. one of them, it's probably more likely they lose one of them than go 2-0 in those I agree. games. I agree. I think the most likely scenario would be that they split one of them, they, you know, they, they win one, they lose one. Yeah. But, I mean, they're pretty good. There's a, there's a very real uh, possibility that they win both games. And if that's the case, I'm not coming to Cleveland next next weekend. Oh jeez. Go ahead and tell Brandon that. See what he says about that. Oh jeez. No, I don't. I don't even want to. 
Ravens look pretty good. I don't know. Um, but yeah, yeah, we we have a we have a really good podcast. We're gonna talk about the Ravens later on. We're gonna also talk about well, I don't know if we're gonna talk about the Celtics, but we'll definitely talk about the Ravens. Uh, but today we're gonna start in college basketball because college basketball returned. We had you know not not the greatest week again. Like it, I think college basketball needs to do better. I think this first week should be a little bit more entertaining. We need more marquee matchups than what we had. Um, like, I, I don't think anyone cares to see, you know, uh, Creighton going up against Florida A&M or let's see, Purdue going against Samford or North Carolina playing Radford, Kansas playing NC Central. Like, can we get more marquee games early in the season, more non-conference games? Um, you know, we, we did have some teams kind of step up to the plate. They were not cowards. USC, Kansas State, Baylor, Auburn, Arizona. Those like, uh, I mean, Duke, those teams were not cowards, but some of these other teams, they were a little cowardly, Ben. They were, um, you know, UConn, they played Northern Arizona in their first game. <laughs> I mean, these teams are, are just very cowardly and I don't like to see it. Hopefully next season we get some changes made so that these teams can stop being uh, cowardly, frankly. Trevor, you're crazy. I don't know what you're talking about because... From from what what I can tell that that UConn versus Stonehill game yesterday, it seems like it was a it was a barn burner, a real a real a real interesting matchup there with a forty point win by the UConn Huskies. So, um, I I think you should I think you should should calm down with that take. I I think these athletic directors are doing all they can. UConn had to work really hard to schedule Stonehill for the second game of the season for them. Um, so I I think you're discrediting the hard work that's going into these athletic directors paying paying these barely Division one schools to come up uh, to their place and beat them by forty and give them a nice packed luncheon on their way. Yeah, exactly. I mean, UConn in their first two games, uh, they've outscored their opponents by a combined, um, looks like 83 points in their first two games, you know, against Northern Arizona and Stonehill. So I don't know. Well, Trevor, I will say this. Those games stink, but it's so worth it when you get like a team like James Madison that beats uh, Michigan State. Like these games are terrible, but you know, the few times a year that it happens where you get like this massive upset, it's hilarious. Unless it's your team. If it's your team, it's like the worst thing to ever happen. But if it happens to some team you don't care about, um, it is like the funniest thing ever. Right. And, and that's a good transition uh, because James Madison did beat Michigan State. And Michigan State is not one of these cowards because James Madison is a legit good mid-major team. They're the favorite, I believe, in the Sun Belt Conference. They're probably the best team in the Sun Belt. Um, and they proved that when they not only beat Michigan State on the road in overtime, but they then went and beat Kent State. Uh, one of the best two or three teams in the MAC conference um, in overtime, I think, in kind of a uh, wild finish to that Kent State game. Kent State was up 89 to 84 with like five or six seconds left in that game. And we had yeah. a, I think they made a shot, uh, James Madison did. And then there was an offensive foul on the inbound. Kent State was trying to inbound it. And there was like a offensive foul there, gave James Madison the ball back. They got a wide open layup to force overtime, and then they would go on to win that game. So credit James Madison. Uh, that's a team I'm going to continue to keep an eye on. You know, if you are listening to this podcast and you love, you know, maybe you're a person who you don't really get into college basketball at this time of the year. You're focused on the NFL. Maybe you're focused on college football. Um, but when it comes March, you're really like getting excited. You're like, who, who, who's going to be the Cinderellas? Watch out for James Madison because. They're a team that I, you know, they're the favorite in the Sun Belt Conference. If they're in the NCAA tournament as like a, I don't know, 12, 13 seed, 14 seed, whatever they end up being, 
they're a Cinderella to look out for because they just, and they proved it. They just beat Michigan State, a top five team. Um, and they're going to be a team that's going to be good all season. So just wanted to throw that out there. Um, ben, did you, did you have any takeaways, I guess, about James Madison or about any of the other things that you saw from college basketball this week? Well, just I think, what does this say about, about Michigan's basketball program if they are, are far inferior to Michigan State, who just lost to James Madison? I mean, man, I think that says a lot about the program at, that Michigan has over there in Ann Arbor. If, if, if they're uh, the, the, the team that is so much better than them just lost to, to James Madison, that's embarrassing for the program in Michigan. So I just think that's something, something uh, important to note, uh, the fact that Michigan's basketball program um, is 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 in a real dark real dark spot right now. Real embarrassing performance. Also, shout out Michigan State. This is what this is what a championship program does. Trevor, they schedule James Madison like you said, preseason you know favorite to win the Sun Belt. Meanwhile, Michigan over here on Friday night, I watched a little bit of their game against a real tough opponent, Youngstown State, where they won by like a billion points. So, um, this is what Tom Izzo does, Trevor. He's a champion. He schedules good non conference games. He's not afraid to go out there and lose to a James Madison because that builds character. Um, so, so shout out Tom Izzo. He can do no wrong. Um, he is, he is, uh, America's coach. He is, he is the, the leader of by far the best basketball program in the state of Michigan. And that will never change. Yep. I mean, Michigan, add them to the list of cowards. They scheduled UNC Asheville Absolutely. and Youngstown state in their first week, two teams that aren't very yeah, good. That's what they do um, at Michigan. Trevor. You know. Their football team, a bunch of cowards, basketball team, a bunch of cowards as well. Yeah. We're, we're going to talk about, uh, their football team. Cause they had a cupcake schedule before they finally played a, a decent team <laughs> yesterday. We'll talk about that. Um, other than those games, I went, I did want to talk about, cause again, there are a couple teams that they, they were not cowardly. They showed up, they played some good teams. USC beat uh, Kansas State their first game of the season, 82-69. Uh, this was really the first kind of decent game that we got to see. I, I watched a little bit of this game. Uh, got to see the freshman Isaiah Collier for USC. He looked pretty good in his debut. Um, I'm trying to pull up his uh, stat line. Um, but he, uh, you know, he played pretty well. USC got the win there, a 13-point win. Isaiah Collier did finish with uh, 18 points, six assists in this game. Boogie Ellis uh, led the team in scoring with 24 points. Um, and I also liked their guard, uh, Kobe Johnson, who had 16 points, eight rebounds. I, I saw some good stuff from him. Um, he is a junior now. Um, and I'm, I'll, I'll be keeping an eye on USC. They're a really talented team for sure. Kansas State, a team who uh, kind of like the darlings, I think, for, at least for me last year. I loved watching them. Marquise Noel, the point guard. They have a lot of roster turnover. A lot of their guys were seniors last year. They left. This is a very different roster for Kansas State. Um, we'll have to see if uh, you know they can continue their success that they had last year. Uh, but it's going to be tougher now with a uh, less uh, experienced roster, I think, for Kansas State. The other game, Baylor Auburn. Baylor won on Tuesday, eighty-eight, eighty-two. Uh, the standout from this was their freshman Jacoby Walter, uh, a guy who is a projected lottery pick in the NBA draft next year. He had twenty-eight points, six rebounds, a really good showing from him. Um, Ray J. Dennis, and I hate to mention this, Ben, but a transfer from Toledo to Baylor. He's in the starting lineup at Baylor. He had 15 points in this one. He's, you know, a decent player at least. And they got Jalen Bridges who had 13. So Baylor gets the win there. Uh, they were solid. Um, you know, Auburn's a, a solid team. They're not ranked in the top 25, but they're probably right on the cusp. So good win for Baylor there. And then the only other one that I, I wanted to make sure I mentioned was Arizona Duke. Arizona gets the win 78-73 and Ben I I told you about this before we uh you know I had to I had to take the video yeah. Duke had the lead late in this game 
Uh, they had just scored a basket, and on the way back on defense, Arizona's point guards dribbled up the floor. At least I saw at least four Duke players slap the floor. I'm not sure if Ryan, I didn't see Ryan Young slap the floor, but I saw everyone else that was out there on the floor for Duke slap the floor. What happened on that possession was Arizona got a layup and an and one to take the lead, go up 70 to 70, 70 69. They went on to win the game, and that's uh, not a good look for Duke. Um, you know, that slapping the floor and then getting an and one. Uh, Arizona got an and one. Not a good look. What, what do you think about that one, Ben? It's, it's, a t- it's a tough look. It's a really tough look. My whole thing was, and trust me, Trevor, as someone that has slapped the floor many times, the least that you can do is just not give up a basket on that possession. Like, it's one thing to slap the floor, and you're going to give up some points, whatever. But you cannot, if you slap the floor, you have to go 30 seconds without giving up a basket. Otherwise, you just look like a fool. And when you have your whole team doing it at one time, and then you give up an and one, um, I mean, by at that point, Duke had no business winning that game. They didn't deserve to win the game. The basketball gods obviously saw what happened there and said, "All right, Arizona's winning this game," um, because it's just it's it's something that you uh you you gotta you gotta be real careful with with how you slap the floor. You gotta be real careful with with the urgency that comes with with slapping the floor. So um, tough look. I mean, I I don't want to say that their season's over, but I think I think their season's in a lot of jeopardy if you're if you're gonna let that that sort of tomfoolery happen at at, at a once established and esteemed basketball program um, that is Duke University. So tough look. Um, credit to Arizona for going in there taking uh taking it personally when you have four or five people slap the floor at the same time, um, and obviously getting a, a getting a big win at Cameron Indoor Stadium. So um, shout out to Arizona Wildcats. Also shout out the Duke student section who needs a, uh, a a cheering guide for how to cheer for a basketball game. So. Real, real, uh, real, real big basketball fans uh, down there in Durham, North Carolina. Yeah, and and the other thing that was interesting about this game is Caleb Love, uh, a transfer from North Carolina to Arizona, played in this game, and That's awesome. this was yeah, it, it just kind of adds to it. Uh, so a little bit, yeah. of, a little bit of North Carolina Duke, um, in this game as well. So that was that was pretty cool. Caleb Love, one of the the key members of the Final Four team two years ago that that beat Duke. Yeah. Um, in that game, Coach K's last game of his career. Coach K was at this game um, as well and didn't seem to be too happy. Um, you know, pretty, pretty uh, obvious why there with Arizona's win. The only other thing I want to mention from results, uh, Gonzaga on Friday beat Yale 86-71. The only reason I'm, I'm mentioning this game, um, num- well, number one, Yale's a pretty good team. They're, they're actually favored to win they the are. Ivy League, even though I think Princeton might have something to say with that. But uh, Gonzaga has a player named Braden Huff. He's from Glen Ellen, Illinois. I watched him play high school basketball okay. a couple of years ago. Uh, I watched him multiple times play high school basketball. He was one of the best players in the state of Illinois. He's now at Gonzaga off the bench here. And he had 19 points in this game. 19 points, 9 rebounds for yeah. Gonzaga. Uh, shot 7-10 from the field. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe he'll get a, a little bit of a big role. I think he took a... Uh, well, he's the thing is he's still listed as a freshman here, so he must have took like a redshirt year last year or something. Um, I don't really remember, yeah. but I he didn't play at all last year, so they must have just uh, redshirted him because he's still listed as a freshman here. So it'll be interesting to see him, see Gonzaga, but I think that's pretty much it for this week. We're gonna get some more good games this upcoming week of the Champions Classic, where we're gonna see on Tuesday Duke versus Michigan State. Kansas versus Kentucky, so that should be good. There's some other good games later on in the week. But, uh, Ben, a- anything else you wanted to mention as far as college basketball goes? 
No, we can move on. I mean, it's 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 so it's so early, and like like you said, like a lot of times in these this these first couple of weeks, you get all these cupcake matchups. So, um, I think we can move on. We I think we we mentioned all the all the important things that we need to mention with college basketball. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's move on to the other uh, major college sport that is college football. Um, we had some solid games yesterday. Um, I think I guess I'll start with the Michigan Penn State game because. This was Michigan's first, I think, real test. Um, they haven't had a very tough schedule so far, but they played at Penn State. Um, Penn State, a team who their defense has been one of the best defenses in the country. Um, and Michigan wins this game. You know, they went at 24-15. to 15. Um, Their running game uh, looked really solid. Their defense even better, obviously, holding Penn State to 15 points. And it was, uh, I think it was nine points uh, because Penn State scored their last touchdown with like um, two minutes left in the game or something. So Michigan's defense, this was a just an incredible effort by their defense, really good. There was one play I saw, Ben. I don't know if you saw this, but they have a Brandon, Brandon when he when Brandon listens to this, he'll probably know exactly who it is. But there's a lineman, like a 280 pound lineman for Michigan, defensive lineman. And Penn State, they had a play where it kind of seemed like the guy might score a touchdown. And this Michigan 280 pound lineman like just catches up to him. It's, it's one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Um, and very impressive. And that just kind of shows like some of the athletes Michigan yeah. has on their team. They're obviously very talented. So good one for Michigan here. Not, you know, not like an incredible, I mean, they didn't win by like a ton or anything, but a solid win. Penn state's a good team, despite what Brandon or anyone else has to say, they're a good football team and a, a good resume win for Michigan. Yeah, you know, I'm, uh, there's a couple of things I'm looking at here. One, yeah, I mean, Michigan's defense is phenomenal. It's been great all year. Now, they haven't played great teams, and, and I wouldn't say Penn State is an elite offense by any means. Their offense stinks, but obviously a good win for Michigan. It's the, it's the, it's the first of two wins that Michigan is looking to obviously have this year to, to strengthen their resume. But um, a big thing I'm looking at, Trevor, and again, I know there's going to be all these excuses from Brandon about why this, why this is the way it is or what, what, you know, some sort of explanation for for what it is, but Trevor, I'm just being honest. If if JJ McCarthy is, is as good as he's supposed to be, if he is truly is a first round draft pick, a a bona fide starter in the NFL a year from now, he's going to be someone that's going to be an elite NFL quarterback. I don't know personally. Maybe I'd let him throw the ball more than eight times in a game. That's just me, Trevor. That's just me. Holding All him right? back. He went seven for eight for sixty yards. He went seven for eight for sixty yards. Um, I wouldn't call that an elite stat line from an elite college football quarterback again Brandon's going to give me all these excuses well they didn't have to throw the ball they were dominating with the run game it wasn't part of their game plan whatever all I'm saying is if JJ McCarthy was truly as good as all these other quarterbacks in college football they'd maybe let him throw the ball more than eight times what that shows me Trevor as someone who knows this this Michigan football program better than really anyone else I know that I don't think I don't think the coaching staff trusts JJ McCarthy. I don't think they they believe that he has the ability to to play in these big time games and these big time moments because they're taking the ball out of his hands. So I don't know. I think the Michigan football program has an issue on its hand. They don't have an elite quarterback. They have someone that they're afraid to run out there to take snaps under center in these big time games. That's what that shows me. Yeah, I mean Michigan threw the ball eight times. They ran the ball forty six times. So uh, quite a disparity in if there. If he was truly elite, they'd throw it more than eight times. That's all I'm saying. I mean, I, I, I don't have any, I can't disagree with you. I, I think everything you said is uh, correct. Um, but yeah, we had that game. A couple of the other really good games uh, that we saw, we saw Washington beat Utah at home. Uh, Washington's still undefeated. They get another good resume win. They're 10-0 and now. 
Um, Michael Penix had two touchdowns in this game, 24-42. Didn't look like, uh, you know, maybe the the most amazing game as far as, I mean, his completion percentage. Uh, but still, you know, a solid game. Two touchdowns there, no interceptions. And they do beat Utah. Washington continues to truck along here. They They go at Oregon State next Saturday night, so that'll be another big test um there um other than that game we had missouri beat tennessee 36-7 a blowout there georgia destroyed ole miss at home 52-17 georgia just another good showing there making argument for why maybe they should be number one in the college football playoff rankings instead of ohio state i think it's close there the only other one i was gonna well actually there's two other things i want to mention uh oklahoma state ranked uh number 15 Man. gets annihilated yeah. by UCF that's a bad mm. loss uh they're pretty fraudulent i would say and then the last one <laughs> uh the north carolina tar heels um we got to mention it they beat duke the big rivalry uh usually in basketball brought over to football here north carolina beats duke in football 47-45 in double overtime uh duke had an opportunity to convert that two point conversion and uh the pass was incomplete and North Carolina won the game, so another win for the Tar Heels. Their uh, college football playoff dreams are still alive. Uh, you, you may look at the 24th ranking. You may look at the two losses. You, may, you might say, Trevor, how do they have a chance? They have two losses. What are you talking about? Uh, I'm, I, I don't know what you're talking about because the North Carolina Tar Heels still have a real shot here to make the college football playoff. Uh, but, Ben, what, what are some of your thoughts on this? Trevor, I think we should make a graphic that says the UNC Tar Heels undefeated, and then in parentheses at the very bottom, in the fine in the fine print when no one reads, it'll just say in games watched by Trevor Reddick. Yes, because um, I mean, as as far as we're concerned, Trevor, with the, the the North Carolina team that you have seen on TV when they play, they are they are a college football playoff team. They are um, a a a high enough caliber of a team to win a national championship. So I, I agree with you. I, I am all in on the Tar Heels. Don't count them out. Um, I really here's my thing. Georgia just, I know it's at home, but Georgia just beat a top 10 team at home by like 40 points, okay, or 35 points, whatever it is. I think Georgia's got to be the number one team in the country. I mean, I, Ohio State's got a good resume, but I don't know. I just think, I think it's going to be hard to keep Ohio State at number one. And yeah, Ohio State did what they were supposed to do against Michigan State, but Georgia just beat a top 10 team at home by the same amount of points that Ohio State just beat Michigan State by at home. So I don't know. I, I just think I think it's going to be really hard to keep Georgia at number two this week and not bump them up to number one. Um, Ohio State should still be two, but um, I fully expect to see Georgia as, as the number one spot in the college football playoff rankings on Tuesday. Yeah, I, you know, I was going through it too because initially I thought I, I would still have Ohio State. I think I might agree with you, um, but it's very close. But looking at Georgia, I mean, now it's – they add the Ole Miss win. Ole Miss ranked number nine in the country. They beat them by 40, what, what was it, 35 points. They beat Missouri at home the week before. They have the win against Kentucky at home. They beat Auburn on the road. Um, I mean, these are, these are good wins. Um, so it's close. I think I also now lean Georgia. And, you know, I don't know if we're going to do this every week, but I, as we were, like, preparing for the podcast, I made my top four. And my top four, I think, would be Georgia at one, Ohio State at two, uh, Washington, I would have number three. I think their resume is a little bit better than Michigan and Florida State. And then I would now have Michigan at number four, leapfrogging Florida State after they now have gotten a really good resume win against Penn State. I would have Michigan at four, and I'd have Florida State at five. Those are the undefeated teams left. Um, Florida State does have a couple good resume wins. They also have some really close calls that Michigan doesn't have um, and that some of these other teams don't really have. 
that I think just like from what I've kind of seen from Florida State, I don't think they're quite as good as these other four teams. Um, and I think some of those results on the resume do kind of show that. So that's that would be my top four um, with Florida State on the outside at number five. But we were talking before the podcast. It's going to be crazy to see like how this shakes out because we have a one-loss Oregon who's most likely going to play Washington again, who's undefeated. We have a one-loss yeah. Alabama who's going to play Georgia in the SEC championship game. Uh, you know, so yeah. those those are just two of them. Texas is still sitting there with one loss. If they went out, do they have any chance? Maybe. So those, I mean, that is uh, what? That's eight, that's eight teams right there that I think have a realistic chance. Uh, Louisville also has one loss. They, they're probably going to be number nine, I would guess, when the new rankings come out. Their resume is probably a little bit trickier, but I would say those eight teams, um, it's probably going to be four of those eight that get in, and it's going to be interesting to see how the next like three weeks, uh, three or four weeks shake out here. It's it's crazy, dude. And I I do think it's like, I think it just shows how perfectly like, not how perfectly, but I I think it shows that the need that we have, at least in my opinion, the need that we have for we need or the need that we have for a bigger college football playoff, which is what we're getting next year. But like, can you imagine this year if we had if we had the playoff that we're gonna have next year, twelve teams this year? You know, how fun that'd be to see like a first round matchup of like a Washington versus a Michigan or something, or Washington versus even like a. I don't know, like a Louisville. Like I think we're 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 being deprived of some insane matchups because only four of these teams are going to make it this year. Um, so I think it's it, this this year is going to show just how much we need a, an expanded college football playoff, which is what we're getting next year. Because like you said, there's realistically there's like eight teams right now that would that deserve if it was if it was right now there's like eight teams that I think deserve to be in or have an argument to be in. So um, there's going to be obviously some really good teams that are left out this year. Um, and, and I think the commi- there's a potential for the committee to have a lot of work cut out for them because if you have a one-loss Washington and a one-loss Oregon, and let's say a one-loss Georgia, a one-loss Alabama, an undefeated Florida State, right, a one-loss Michigan or Ohio State, I mean, there's just – I think some things will work, its way, work itself out. A lot of times these things tend to work themselves out. Maybe Oregon loses another game, they're out of it, or maybe Alabama somehow loses. They lose to Georgia, so they're out of it. But there's potential to have a legit argument for six or seven teams to be in the top four, and, again, only four of them can make it so. Um, it, it's going to be an exciting last month or so of, of the regular season because there's a lot of things that need to shake out if we're going to have a clear cut number or a clear cut top four going into the going into the uh, the New Year's Six Bowls. Yes, I I agree 100. percent It's going to be uh, exciting to see what happens. Um, but let's let's move on to the next uh, uh, the next league we have here, the NBA. Um, the NBA is now just a couple weeks through, um, and, and there were a couple things in particular I wanted to talk about today. The first of which is the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, the Minnesota Timberwolves are six and two. They have beaten both the Denver Nuggets and the Boston Celtics. Uh, that that is the only loss the Denver Nuggets have. Um, and the Celtics, it's only it's one of their two losses. They also just lost the the Seventy Sixers uh, earlier this week. But the seven, the Timberwolves have looked really good. Um, and I know they did have the number one defense. I don't know if they still do. I haven't looked at the stats the past couple of days. But they have a really good defense led by, you know, Rudy Gobert anchoring kind of in the middle there. You have Jade McDaniels, a really good wing defender. And then obviously the 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 star of the team, Anthony Edwards, who is starting to take the leap. And I, I, I think I'm one of the I'm certainly part of the Anthony Edwards fan club. I really have been like before he even got in the NBA. I was part of the fan club for Anthony Edwards. And he is now finally, I think taking the leap that I thought was going to happen last year. It didn't quite happen. We did see him have a good playoff series in the loss to the Nuggets. 
uh, where he averaged, I think, like 31 a game. But now it seems like it's happening in the regular season as well. He's averaging about 28 points per game, um, shooting relatively efficiently, and he's playing good defense. There was uh, They played the Boston Celtics um, earlier this week. They beat them in overtime, and there was one possession where he kind of locked up Jason Tatum. So it, that's always a good thing when you have, like, like not only can Anthony Edwards, like, score with, you know, as, as one of the best scorers in the NBA, but he's also going to be willing to guard the best player on the other team, which you don't, you honestly don't see that a lot nowadays. Like, I think we saw that a lot, like, with Kobe Bryant. We saw that with D. Wade in his prime. We saw that with LeBron when he was younger. Like, we, we have seen it in the past, but we don't see it a ton nowadays. Like, I don't think you see necessarily, like, like Luka Doncic is certainly not guarding the best player on the other team. And he's obviously not, not a great defender, um, but you're not really seeing that. You're not necessarily seeing, I mean, Kevin Durant, who's getting older, you don't only see him guarding the best player on the other team. And you can keep going down the line, you know, Donovan Mitchell some, sometimes does, but Anthony Edwards has, has done that here. So his two-way ability has been very impressive. And I think that Anthony Edwards is well on his way to becoming um, maybe a, a superstar in this league. I think he'll probably be a top 10 player very soon, maybe by the end of the season, because I, I truly think he's that good. Um, we'll see yeah. if it translates to team success this season. They're off to a good start, 6-2. and two. Um, But they have to keep it up. They have to stay consistent, obviously. This is a team who last year, uh, the main thing I was concerned about, and I'm to, to some degree I'm still concerned about, is the fit of Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert together, both bigs playing together. So far, it's been it's worked well. Their defense has been good, but you know, who knows? Will it change? Um, will the Timberwolves look to trade Carlton Towns at some point if it starts to go badly? I don't know. There there could be a chance that that happens. But for now, the Timberwolves look really good. Um, the, the only other thing I want to talk about in the NBA was the Philadelphia 76ers because now without James Harden, they have won six games straight since he has left. They have been really good. Yeah. Uh, they just beat the Boston Celtics in a really close uh well actually it actually it wasn't super close before the Celtics tried to make a comeback they had a, actually a double digit lead and the Celtics made a comeback at the end that made it look closer but the 76ers kind of controlled that game Joel Embiid's been awesome and Tyrese Maxey has been really good as well and I think the big the big difference and the reason why number one I I, I was saying I was screaming from the rooftops they need to trade James Harden like this is gonna give them a better chance because James Harden like the pace when when James Harden is on your team, the pace slows down, and when the pace slows down, you have to really execute in the half court. You have to rely on executing in the half court all the time. And I think for a player like Tyrese Maxey, that just is not what he's best at. Ty- when you have Tyrese Maxey on your team, uh, I think it's best to be you know up tempo. He's a super fast point guard and running on the break, getting easy transition buckets. Um, and that's what they've been doing. And I think, um, I think it probably gives them a higher ceiling. Again, they, they still might need another piece because yeah, they have Joel Embiid, they have Maxi, they have Tobias Harris, but may, maybe they still need another couple pieces. But I think a lot of people are like, well, it, you know, Daryl Morey wants a star. He wants a star in return for Harden. He wants to try to get a star. Um, they didn't get a star. They got a couple role players and they got some picks that who knows, maybe they could turn into a star. But I, I don't necessarily think it needs to be a star. I think it just needs to be another complimentary player. Can the 76ers, I'm going to throw out a couple possibilities here, Ben. The Chicago yeah. Bulls, 
the Chicago Bulls yes. have had a bad start to the season. Mm-hmm. Will this yeah, time to blow it up? Will the Chicago Bulls blow it up because a player who I think could be a good fit for the Philadelphia 76ers is actually Alex Caruso. Alex Caruso mm-hmm. could be a good complimentary fit. He's a really good defender. Maxi, not a very good defender. If you pair Caruso with Maxi and Embiid, could that be a good piece? One more I have, the Toronto Raptors, maybe another blow-up candidate, although they've been pretty decent to start the season. OG Ananobi, could he become available? That's another really good defender. Um, if he's on the 76ers, I think that could be a good fit. So those are just a couple things um, I'm looking for for the 76ers. Again, those guys, I don't know. May- maybe maybe those guys won't be available. They might not be. Uh, it might, you know, the Sixers might have to give up a lot of picks to get those guys. But those are just two players I think could be good uh, fits with and be with Maxi and this team they have. But then uh, I guess what are some of your thoughts on 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 the Philly situation with Harden? Uh, I mean, what do you think? Do you think that the 76ers have any chance here to to contend with a Boston or um, a Milwaukee? I mean, it, 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 as of right now, I know it's early, but yeah, I mean, Tyrese Maxey has been fantastic and, and it's it's crazy. I know it's such a crazy concept, but like, when James Harden causes as much as much, you know, animosity in that locker room as possible, and then all of a sudden he's gone, it's almost like you guys feel like there's a there's a weight lifted off your shoulders. So, are they as deep and as talented as the Celtics or even as the Bucks? No, of course not. And it's so early. It's been like yeah, again, yeah, like seven or eight games. But, um, I mean, they're still a good team. I mean, yeah, you lost a good player in James Harden, but they still have talent on their team. They still have a good team. They have a great coach. Like I do think that. They can hang with with the top dogs in the East. Are they going to ultimately in an eighty two game season top them? Probably not. They'll probably won't finish ahead of the of the Celtics or, or maybe the Bucks. But um, as of right now, um, the the Seventy Sixers are are playing well enough basketball to be considered one of the best teams in the East. So again, it's a long season. It's it's been only a couple of weeks, but um, I I really do think that that with Tyrese Maxey being as great as he's been. Um, the, 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 the 76ers have enough talent to, to be a, one of the best teams in the East. So, um, again, it, it's a long season. There's a lot of things that can happen. Um, but, but they have, they have proven to me early on that, that they are, they are capable of, of, you know, being a top four or five seed in the East. Yeah. And speaking of the Bucks, they, they have not had a very good start this season. We, we might have to talk about the Milwaukee Bucks next, next, uh, podcast. Just because they're are we hitting the panic button, Trevor? Uh, we hitting the panic button I don't know. on Milwaukee. I don't know. I mean, da- Damian Lillard. Da- should Dame should Damian play. Lillard have gone to the Heat? Is that the question? Well, are we questioning that of decision course of him he, going to Milwaukee? Of course he should have went to the Heat. Of course he should have. Okay. Um, okay. But Damian Lillard didn't play last night. They lost to the Magic. But yeah, I mean, we'll, we might talk about that next week. We'll see. But not a great start for the Bucks. Um, but let's move on to the NFL here. Um, oh, hold on, Trevor. I have one thing I need to say about the NBA. Yeah. I, 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 you can't just let me not talk about this for, for two minutes. Yeah, go ahead. Um, Trevor, if, if you didn't know, you're, you're, you follow the NBA pretty well. Um, there's a player on the Spurs. I, I believe he's from France. I think his name is Victor Wembanyama. If I, if I'm saying that correctly, Trevor, um, he's already in, in your eyes, the greatest basketball player to ever live. He's, you know, he's, he's the 20, 2024 rookie of the year, MVP, whatever, whatever else awards you could possibly give him. Uh-huh. Um, he's already the goat in your eyes, in your eyes and a lot of other people's eyes. Um, I just happened to be, you know, looking through some of his stats and, and I was like, oh, his team lost by 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 forty one points to the Pacers last Monday. Oh, let's let's check out how he must have, he must have done really well in that game. Oh, Victor Wembanyama, the the twenty twenty four MVP according to Trevor Reddick, went three of twelve for for thirteen points in that game. Um, interesting. 
I wonder who was guarding him in that game. And then I check it out. Who was the primary defender on Victor Wembanyama um, in that game where he went 3 of 12 for 13 points? His, probably his worst game in the NBA so far. Oh, it's some dude from the University of Dayton named o- Obadiah Toppin. Crazy <laughs> concept. Isn't that crazy, Trevor, that the greatest yeah. basketball player of all time just got clamped down by some dude from Dayton named Obi Toppin? Who would have thought? I mean, again, like, it's, it's crazy. I don't think anybody on this podcast could have ever saw that coming except maybe, I don't know, myself. So I just thought I had to mention that, Trevor, that, that your goat just got clamped down by, by some dude from some mid-major college basketball program. But whatever. No big deal. We can move on. <laughs> yeah. Cr- credit to Obi Toppin. He's had a good start to the season along with the Pacers, who are 6-3. and three. They're third in the Eastern Conference. They're, they're a fun Yeah, team. best team in the NBA. I mean, best I wouldn't say NBA. best team, but they're they're doing well. They're playing well right now. They're, all right, they're the they're the best NBA team in the state of Indiana. No questions asked. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a, a safe one there. I don't know if uh, per, right. I don't know if Purdue's as good as Indiana Pacers. Um, so I think that's a pretty safe one. Well, in the regular season, they might be, but they, when when it gets to the NCAA tournament, we, Purdue's not as good as most basketball teams or my, most high school basketball teams in Indiana. So, <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, with that being said, uh, we'll move on to the NBA now. I guess we'll get into some of the the takeaways here to start from week nine, because we did have a couple really good games, uh, I think, last week in the NFL. Um, Well, one of them was supposed to be a good game. It it ended up being a a blowout. That was the Ravens-Seahawks game that the Ravens completely annihilated the uh, Seattle Seahawks, you know, a team that I, you know, kind of, I want to do well. I, I like Geno Smith. I I like to see the Seahawks do well. I think they're a fun team to watch, but they've struggled a little bit more. The Ravens won this game 37 to 3. Uh Lamar Jackson, another really good game. Uh 20 of 20, 21 of 26. Uh the running game for the Baltimore Ravens in this game, they had 298 yards for three touchdowns. Their running backs combined to average, well, just in general, any any rushers, uh combined to average 7.3 rushes uh in this game. So just a uh i mean seahawks couldn't stop the run point blank you know the ravens just had success the entire game they destroyed them and the ravens look really good i think that goes without saying um ben i guess i guess i'll just go to you here uh any thoughts here on this this raven seahawks game I, i don't think you were all that surprised necessarily by this result i mean the ravens are really good like and again like i don't this people are really high on the seahawks i just don't think they're that good and maybe it's I'm just not that high on Geno Smith. I never has. I never have been. I never will be. Um, and the Seahawks are fine. They're not bad, but I don't think they're like a, a you know, like a legit NFL contender in the NFL. Um, and I think the Ravens are. The Ravens' defense is phenomenal going into that game. I would imagine it's still the case they were leading the NFL in sacks. Um, it's crazy when the Ravens are healthy. They're a pretty good team. So um, I mean, Lamar Jackson's been great. The Ravens have now blown out the Lions and the Seahawks both at home. But that doesn't really matter when you're winning by 30 points every game anyway. Um, the Ravens are definitely one of probably the three best teams in the NFL right now. So, um, it's, it's annoying and it bothers me to, to watch it happen, but I mean, I, I I'll get, I'll, I'll give credit where credit's due. They're a really good team. Yeah. Uh, two other games I wanted to mention, uh, Eagles beat the Cowboys very close game. Uh, the Eagles, I think multiple times almost kind of gave it away. The Cowboys had a shot there at the end. Yeah. Couldn't quite get it done. Um, the Eagles hold on 28, 23. But a really good game. That was an awesome you know, game. A, yeah. Really good game. A really good game. I thought both QBs played well. Uh, Dak Prescott played. He played, had a good game. Three touchdowns. It wasn't his fault they lost, in my opinion. Three touchdowns. Uh, 374 yards. Yeah. The uh, Eagles defensive line is just really good. I think that was kind of the separator in this game. You know, they got enough pressure on Dak. 
because uh, the offensive line couldn't quite hold some of the blocks there. I think that was kind of the separator between these two teams is that Philly defensive line versus the Dallas offensive line. I think that's probably the primary reason. The Eagles are a little bit better than them. The other game is Bengals-Bills. Bengals win 24-18. Um, you know, I don't know if it was as close as the score said. I think the Bengals were pretty definitely uh, the better team in this game. Uh, they played well. Joe Burrow was really good, I thought, um, in what I watched. I stopped watching at halftime because I thought the game was over, to be honest. And it, it really felt that way, even though the Bills, you know, ended up getting it to six. But Joe Burrow was 31-44, two touchdowns. Um, and the Bills just, like, I don't, I don't really know what it is um, about this Bills team, but they just, they don't seem, I, I just don't think they're as talented um, as they maybe were a couple years ago. They don't, like, the uh, the offense, like, their offense is still decent. They have Josh Allen, they have Stephon Diggs, but it doesn't feel like the, I, I don't feel like the offense clicks in the same way it did two seasons ago, um, maybe even last year to a certain extent, but really two years ago. Um, when I remember them destroying the Patriots in the playoffs, and then they went on to lose that 13-second uh, game of the Chiefs. But I just don't think this offense is as good as it was two years ago, ultimately. Um, and the Bengals were just a better team. But uh, any, any thoughts on those two games, Ben, or any other games you wanted to mention? Yeah, I mean, Cowboys-Eagles, fantastic game. Dak Prescott looked really good. So again, like a big-time game. You, you can't, I guess you can't fault Dak Prescott. Um, he did step out on that two-point conversion, which changed the game a little bit, but he played really well. Eagles are just a really good team. Um, their offensive line's inc- you know, ridiculous. They did the, uh, the whatever, the tush-push like seven times, and it worked every time in that game. So they're just a really good team. In terms of the Bengals-Bills, I mean, yeah, I think the Bengals pretty much from the, the first snap of the game seemed like the better team. I mean, the Bengals went down, scored, then the Bills went right back down and scored. But after that, it was pretty much all Bengals. The Bills scored at the end to make it look closer than it really was. Um, and the Bills absolutely had a shot to win that game. The Bengals had to, you know, had to get a couple first downs at the end to win. So um, another good game. I think it was obviously a, a highly anticipated matchup. And the Bengals, again, in my opinion, they they had a lot of penalties. They they looked sloppy at times, but um, obviously, you know, to beat the Bills, you got to play fairly well. So good win for the Bengals. Um, just gotta just gotta keep piling up those wins. But um, some just in general, some some pretty good games last week because even even the Chiefs Dolphins, Chiefs were up twenty one nothing, but the Dolphins made a game out of it in Germany. So. Um, as always, the NFL. There's always even if games don't look like they're they're great games on paper, they end up being pretty good games because it's it's hard to win in the NFL, and and even the worst teams are and still have a lot of talent. So, um, I I think it was a, it was a pretty good week of of football last week. I think there was a lot of a lot of very entertaining games. Yeah, I I agree. We had three kind of signature games. Two of them, I guess, kind of delivered. One one in particular delivered. Um, one of them was not nearly as good. But um, I, I kind of wanted to get into a segment now, Ben, that I'm going to call Are You Buying yes. or Selling? Um, okay. And I might, I might cut one of these just because I, I don't I don't know. One of them I had was Are the Chargers Back? I think I'm going to cut that one. I think they're, I don't know. I think the Chargers are always just kind of like, they, they're talented, but like they're going to fall short. They're probably going to uh, at some point falter. I think that's kind of what they are, even though they've looked good the past couple weeks. The first well, one. I was going to say, Trevor. Let me yeah. let me let me give you just real quick. I'll give you thirty seconds on on my answer to that one because we're cutting it. Were the Chargers ever here? Like the Chargers were back. What are they back from? Or what what, what are they back to? Because they have they ever been like really good? They're preseason. They're always they're always hyped up. But when the season starts, they're never that great. So my answer yeah. to are the Chargers back, Trevor? Uh, they're not back because they were really never here in the first place. That uh, makes sense to me. Um, so the f- the first one I'm going to start with today 
uh, a little bit. Again, these might be a little hyperbolic, um, a little bit here. But Ben, here, here's my question: um, Is C.J. Stroud the best rookie quarterback? Is well, is he having the best rookie quarterback season we have ever seen, like of all time? Is C.J. Stroud having the best rookie quarterback season ever right now? So, are you are you buying or selling that? So the issue with that is, Trevor, I don't. What is the standard? Like, who has had the best rookie season? Like, I know Justin Herbert broke a bunch of records his rookie year. Um, I based on what I've seen from C.J. Stroud, I would say yeah. Um, I mean, C.J. Stroud has been phenomenal. He had five touchdowns last week. Um, yeah, it was against the Bucks, but still, the way he was able to drive down the field um, and win those, win that game, he he's been really good. So again, I don't really know what like what the standard is, what the bar is for the best rookie quarterback season ever. But it's hard for me to find out, or at least think off the top of my head, who's had better games. Because he's thrown, what, one interception all year. He had five touchdowns last week. He's had a bunch of games with multiple touchdown passes and no interceptions this year. So um, just in terms, of, in terms of taking care of the ball, I mean, rarely do you see rookie quarterbacks not turn the ball over. It's, it's such an easy thing to do your rookie year because defenses are disguised so well in the NFL as compared to college. Um, so the fact that he's able to make the right decisions and and take care of the football, I think, is such a valuable asset, especially for someone as young as him. So um, I don't think that's an overreaction, Trevor. I I will say yes. I will say at this point, based on my recent memory, I would say um, I cannot remember someone having a, a better rookie season or at least a better you know, start to, to his rookie year than C.J. Stroud. Yeah, I was going to say I can give you a couple other ones that, that are really good. So the first one I'll say is uh, Dan Marino in his rookie year. Okay. Um, he, he didn't have his first start until week six. But uh, once he did, Marino went uh, seven and two. Uh, well, the Dolphins went seven and two in his rookie season. He finished with uh, twenty two hundred and ten passing yards, twenty touchdowns, six interceptions, and two rushing touchdowns. Um, so that was his rookie year. You also had Cam Newton, who had a really solid rookie season. Um, he had twenty one touchdowns, um, although he did have, I believe, seventeen interceptions. Um, but he also yeah. had. Uh, 14 rushing touchdowns so he had a total of I believe this is correct uh, 35 total touchdowns 17 interceptions he finished with 4,051 yards so Cam Newton had a really good one and then I know RG3 also had a pretty solid one as well Um, his stat line or his stats just kind of looking for it here Uh, for RG3 he finished with 3,200 passing yards 20 touchdowns five interceptions and then he also had uh, seven rushing touchdowns and 815 rushing yards. I think RG3 might be the answer, to be honest. Uh, that, that would be 27 total touchdowns, five interceptions. But C.J. Stroud, as, as we were kind of saying right now, 14 touchdowns passing, only one interception. Only one. That's crazy. That's, that's uh, insane. Um, you know, and I mean, his, you know, he's a 62 completion percentage. That's not exactly that great. But the receivers he's playing with aren't exactly great, to, you know, frankly. So really solid for CJ Stroud. I think he's very much going to have a shot to to have the claim for that. We'll see, again, a lot of football to be played. But that's what I wanted to point out. The next one I'll say, Ben, we kind of stepped on this a little bit. Um, are you buying or selling that the Ravens are the best team in the NFL? Oh, man. Um... I'm I'm gonna buy it, Trevor. I am. I'm gonna buy it. I'm, I'm gonna say yes, they are. And I'm not even trying to like jinx them. Brandon's gonna be like, oh, Brandon's gonna tell me why they're like like not even a top seven team or something. But 
Um, they're a really good team. They're they, again, they have like a top two or three defense in the NFL. I think the Browns technically have the best, but I think the Ravens are the second best defense in the NFL. Going into last week, I the, on the broadcast they said the Ravens led the league in sacks. Lamar Jackson's been fantastic. He's been able to throw the ball downfield. Um, their receiving core obviously is much better. They're healthier. They run the ball well with Lamar Jackson and and uh, whatever the other dude's name is, Gus Edwards, whoever it is. But um, I think right now they seem like they're they're the most complete team in the NFL. So um, I I would say yes. I think I think they're, they're if they're not the best, they're they're two or three. And I I don't think I don't think they're even three. I think they might be one or two. So. Um, if I had to say right now, again, they got they have two big games coming up with the with the you know the Browns today on Sunday and then the the Bengals on Thursday. But um, if they win both those games, they are absolutely the best team in the NFL. So I think they're close right now. Yeah, I I think if we I think if we thought about this the same way we thought about college football or like the same way I think about like the college football playoff rankings in terms of like it's all about resume. I think the Ravens yeah. would be the best team because. They have yeah. annihilated two, I think, playoff teams in the Seahawks and the Lions. Um, certainly the Lions yeah. are. Um, compared to the Chiefs, they have just looked better as far as the eye test is concerned, as far as their results. Um, they have played like the better team than the Chiefs. You know, they both of these teams are seven and two. They lead the AFC, but they have played like the better team. Their point differential is one fifteen. The Chiefs only sixty four. On all accounts they have played better than the Chiefs had. Now, the, the other team that you would look at is the Philadelphia Eagles because they are 8-1. and one. They do have a better record than the Ravens. Um, however, their point differential is only plus 57. Again, the Ravens plus 115. I think the Ravens have probably had a tougher schedule as well. Um, and again, they're, they're annihilating these teams. Philly, all of their games are close. They're barely skating by against some of the worst teams in the NFL. They took overtime to beat the Commanders a few weeks ago. They only beat... Uh, they lost to the Jets recently. You know, they they just beat the Commanders only by a touchdown. So I think that would I think I would say that they've looked better than the Eagles. Um, however, there's still a part of me that like has this just inherent faith in the Kansas City Chiefs that I can't quite shake, even though yeah. they have flaws. Right, their rec- their receivers are not quite as good um, as we know. Uh, their defense is better, but their offense doesn't seem to be quite as good. So they have these obvious flaws, but I, I can't quite shake it. I, I still have the Chiefs slightly over the Ravens. I think it's close. Uh, two, two more, Ben. Um, and you might, uh, you might not really agree that this is even a, a question as well because you didn't like the Chargers one. But are you buying or selling that the Minnesota Vikings are back? No, they're not back. They're not back, and here's why. I know they've won like four games in a row, but here's why. Their quarterback is Josh Dobbs, or whoever. Whoever was supposed to be last week that then got hurt. I forget who it is. I forget his name, whatever it is. But if their quarterback is going to be Josh Dobbs, I get it. He looked great. He came in and got them a win against the Falcons. But Josh Dobbs is one of those quarterbacks where the longer that he is playing for your team, the worse he's going to get. Like, he's great for a game or two. But if he has to be your starting quarterback for a month, six weeks, I just think it's going to be so hard for the Vikings to be able to, to win win some football games with that situation. So... Um, I'm going to say they're not back just solely because of their quarterback situation. Again, I understand it. They, they, you know, Josh Dobbs looked great. Their quarterback situation looked okay last week, but if you know, Kirk Cousins obviously is out for the year, I just think with the people that you have at quarterback on that team, I, I have a hard time finding them continue to win, continue to win games at a consistent level like they've been doing. Yeah, I, I think I agree. I mean, their schedule isn't that difficult though. That's the only thing I would say. Just as far as like you know the 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 question of like are are they back it's it's difficult but their schedule means that they could 
have a chance to make the playoffs, which again, it's, it's NFC. It's a weaker conference, but they could, I mean, they played the saints, then the Broncos, then the bears, then the Raiders, uh, obviously a tough game at the Bengals, but you know, I don't know. They, they have some winnable games here. Uh, last one for you, Ben, is this the last season or, well, again, I, I'm, I'm stepping over the segment here. Are you buying or selling that this is Bill Belichick's last season as head coach for the New England Patriots? Yeah, I think he's gone. I think he's gone. I mean, it's just that that franchise is in, is in such like a a disarray right now. Um, I I think it's it's going to take a long rebuild for them to to date, get towards any sort of sustained success. And I get it; he's a great coach, and he is. He's a, he's obviously probably the best NFL coach ever. But um, I just think I don't know if Bill Belichick is at the time in his life or you know whatever the place where he wants to be part of a five year rebuild or a four year rebuild. So um, I think. The, the way that this dumpster fire of a season is going for them, I think it's just a good time after this year. I don't, I don't think they're going to fire him before the season's over. I know there's been people that have been rumoring, oh, that he, they, he might get fired after this game in, in, in uh, Germany if they don't play well. But I think they'll let him finish the season. I think he'd probably want to finish the season. And then I think um, it'll kind of be a mutual thing where he's like, all right, I, I think it's time. Robert Kraft is probably like, that's fine. It's a good time to move on. So um, I do think that he will not be back next year. I just think the way that the way the franchise has gone the last couple of years, it's they're not getting any better; they're getting a lot worse. Uh, I think I think it's time to just start over and and, and turn a new leaf. So um, I would I would fully expect Belichick to be gone after this year. So I I think I disagree with this one, be, and it's really because I don't I don't think Robert Kraft is gonna want to let him go. Um, I I think really? it would have you to don't be. Think he's gonna want to start over, turn a new leaf. I I think Robert Kraft. I mean I don't know. He like when it came to Tom Brady, Robert Kraft was very against ever letting Tom Brady go. He was always like, we have yeah. to do whatever it takes. Whereas Bill Belichick seemed to be more like willing to let Brady go. Um I I think I think just because of the history that you know the six Super Bowls, I think it's gonna be tough for Robert Kraft to want to let Bill Belichick go. I feel like it might have to be a Bill Belichick decision just to say like, hey, I'm I'm ready to move on. I don't know. For some reason I don't see it, but I, I certainly could be wrong. I certainly could be. Um now I will say and I've you know seen this in podcasts, I've heard about it. Um it, it, it for me for what I would want for the team you know the Patriots are my favorite team it, it depends on like obviously they're not going to let him go they would trade him they'd have to they're going to trade him you're not going to just let Bill Belichick go let him go firing him that would be stupid that would make no sense it would be a dumb move you have to trade him but it depends can on you trade a coach is that a thing can you just like trade an NFL coach I mean, yeah, I think, well, I mean, you can get like, you can get like a pick compensation, right? I mean, didn't, I mean, because okay. we've seen that before. Haven't, I'm, I can't think of like the coaches who have gotten like traded for picks, but it's definitely happened, right? Am I, am I crazy? I, I, I have so. no idea. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. But like the Patriots would have to get like, like, can they get a first round pick from some team? Because if, if we can get a first round pick. And, and Bill Belichick's gone and we get a first-round pick from it, I'm down. I'll do it. But otherwise, I don't know. I just, I'm not sure. I, I, would, I would like to get compensation, I guess, is my kind of thing with this whole uh, Belichick rumors that are going on. Um, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I don't know, dude. It's just, 
their season it's been such a bad season and like even Belichick when he's had bad teams can can do something but I mean Mac Jones is not being good and that team is just a dumpster fire right now and I, I don't have to tell you this Trevor I trust me I, I know you know but they're they're a disaster yeah yep absolutely um let's move on to a couple of the most exciting week 10 games here we have um i don't have the schedule pulled up at the moment i don't know if you do ben i am in the process i do i can it. give you one yeah what, what, are, I can give you a good what one. are some of the best games of the day i do think um even though i just kind of said that this team's never back but i do think lions chargers is actually a pretty good game um because the chargers again like i don't really you don't know what you what you can get out of them they looked great against the jets last year or last week against a really good jets defense they look good um and the lions coming off a bye and the last time we saw the Lions two weeks ago, they got, you know, blown out by the Ravens in Baltimore. So I'm excited to see how the Lions respond after having a week off um, to think about how they just got destroyed by the Ravens. I'm curious to see how the Lions come out. They probably should come out and win this game. I think they're like two and a half point favorites, but um, I, I think it should be a good game. So that, I think that's that's one game that I, just off the top of my head, I think um, could be a, a one of the best games this week. Yeah, that one's a good one. Um, I'm looking at a few other ones other than that as well. I'm looking at 49ers-Jaguars. I think that's going to be that's a, a solid game. one. I'm looking at Browns-Ravens. That it could, be a, it could be a good one. It also could be a blowout. We will see. And I'm looking at Bengals-Texans. Uh, we were just talking about C.J. Stroud, how well he's been playing. Yeah. Uh, this, just, just for me, from what I like watching in a football game, um Texans Bengals is actually my top pick of this entire slate. Um it's the number 1 game I want to watch. So I'm I'm very excited about watching Joe Burrow against CJ Stroud, the Texans the Bengals. This is absolutely the number 1 game I'm looking forward to. No, I mean it should be a good game again. Like we just said with CJ Stroud, he's been phenomenal. I'm excited to watch watch him go up against a decent defense. They're not. I mean, they're not like a top ten defense or anything based on scoring. But I mean, obviously they have Luana Rumo, one of the best defensive coordinators in the NFL. Um, I would argue the best. But Browns fans listening would be like, "Oh, well, Jim Schwartz has been really good for the one year that he's been here." Whatever. Um, but yeah, it should be a good game. CJ Stroud's been. I'm excited to watch him. I haven't really like. I've watched like highlights of him. I've watched end of games of him of his. But I'm excited to, act, to watch a full game of CJ Stroud because I'm hoping he doesn't continue doing what he's doing this year. But he's again, he's had a phenomenal year. He's taking care of the ball and he's been shredding defenses. Yeah, absolutely. Um, final segment we have here is our uh, Tribal Council segment, where every week we cross off a team. Uh, basically, we're just kind of saying, like, this team's season is over. They're not making the playoffs. Um, that's essentially uh, what it is. So far, we have already um, voted off uh, the Arizona Cardinals, the Houston Texans, the Chicago Bears, the Denver Broncos, New England Patriots. Carolina Panthers, New York Giants, and the Green Bay Packers was last week. Um, so that is eight teams that we have already crossed off. The Texans are one of the teams that I think is threatening our chances here. Um, but for this week, Ben, I think it was a little difficult. Um, did you want to start with with a couple of the teams that that you think we should uh, kind of vote off this week? Yeah, so my first my first thought are, are the Rams. They're just a disaster right now, um, especially with Stafford, whatever his injury is with his thumb. They have not looked good. Um, so I I think the Rams are an option. I think the Titans are an option. Um, the thing with the Titans is they play the Bucks today. So like my whole thing is maybe I wait and whoever loses that game, I I can I can argue for next week. 
Um, but even something like I could argue for the Titans to cross them off is the fact that they're in the AFC. I mean, the Rams are in the NFC. The Bucks are in the NFC. They're not good, but the NFC is just not that good in general. So at least the Titans, I could argue, they're in the AFC. It's going to be hard for them with nine wins maybe at best uh, to, uh, to, uh, to, uh, to make the playoffs in the AFC. So I don't know. Those are kind of the three teams I'm thinking of, whether it's Rams, Bucks, Titans. Right now, I would, I'd probably just say the Rams. Um, and then next week, I'd probably argue either Bucks or Titans, depending on who loses between those two teams. So I will vote. I will make my official vote for the Los Angeles Rams this week. Okay. I, I think the Rams are definitely a good option. Um, for sure. The only thing I'm worried about with taking out the Rams now is, you know, Stafford has this thumb injury. They have a bye week this week. If he's able to, ha- if that's enough time for him to recover and come back, I mean, I, I still think Matthew Stafford's a really good quarterback. And that would just give me some hesitancy to go with the Rams. It's the only thing. If you told me Stafford was going to be out for a few weeks, I'd be much more confident in that. Uh, the Titans one, I don't like quite as much just because I think that their schedule looks really easy, to be honest. Um, and the Titans are a weird team. They just, I don't know, they, they find ways to win games. I'm a little hesitant on that one. Tampa's not a bad one, but they play in the NFC South, which is probably the worst division in football. That's my only hesitancy with that one. The only other one I'd, I'd throw in there is the Washington Commanders. Uh, the Commanders are 4-5, and five, and they play in a really good division. They have a tough schedule coming up. Uh, they play the Seahawks today, and they still have to play the Cowboys twice. They still have to play the 49ers again. They have to play the Dolphins still. They also have to play uh, at the New York Jets. So as far as their schedule, they're 4-5, and five, um, just doing the math. It, it seems tough to see how the Commanders would get to I think they would need at least to be nine and eight and trying to see how they get to nine and eight when they still play the Cowboys twice. They play the Niners. They play the Dolphins at Jets at Seahawks. The math, I, I don't see it. Um, ultimately, I'm cool with the Rams because they are three and six. They have a worse record than the commanders and they still have some tough games as well. They still have to play yes, at the they Ravens. They have to play at the Niners. Um, they have to play the Browns at home. Um, next week they play the Seahawks. That's not exactly an easy schedule either. Um, so I, I'd be cool with the Rams too. Um, but I'm, I'm really eyeing the commanders, Ben. Uh, but yeah, I, I think okay. we're in agreement with the Rams. Um, we can vote the Rams off the NFL Island. Uh, the Rams, yeah. you are, you are done. You're, you're, you're out. All right. All right. So good. I like that. Get rid of them. Yeah. Three wins, they're out of here. So Rams are gone. Uh, they're at three and six. It seems like their season's pretty much over. I think they had a good start to the season, but I think it's pretty much uh, done for them. You know, Stafford's having an injury. Uh, ben, is there anything else you wanted to talk about from the NFL, any other games, just anything at all that you would like to say here before we kind of wrap this thing up? No, not that I can think of. Um, again, another uh, should be another fantastic Sunday of NFL games. By the time you're listening to this, they probably already were played. But, um, I mean, the, we're, Trevor, we're halfway through the NFL season, which is upsetting. I think, actually, technically, we're more than halfway through the NFL season. It's week, it's week 10. Um, always an uh, a, a, a upsetting feeling, Trevor. So, um, we're, the football season's flying by. Again, we're already full swing into basketball. But um, I, think, I think we're good on the NFL. We spent, we spent a good amount of time on it. I think we can... Uh, I think we can wrap it up if there's nothing else that you need to say trevor yeah i'm i'm good to go i think we i think it was a great podcast i'm excited again november to me i said it last week 
best sports month in in the calendar year. Um, and I'm just yeah. excited to continue watching all of it. Yeah, and again, like like you said, there's a lot going on, so that means that uh, we have a lot that we can talk about on these podcasts. So make sure, again, you continue to listen um, to the Small Baller Podcast. Continue to check out the Small Baller um, on Twitter or whatever it's called now. Make sure you check out thesmallballers.com for for any sort of articles or any sort of content that we that we put up on that website. Um, but with that being said, thank you all so much for listening. We will see you next time. Go Falcons.